Do you ever look back on your life and worry that some of the years may have been wasted? Mark Job has a message for you today on Bold Steps. Some of you have been in the valley of pain, in the valley of rejection, the valley of shame, and you look at it in your past and think it was wasted years. That was a desert. It was a waste of my life. But here's what I want you to know. Listen, nothing in God's mega plan is a waste. And welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, Mark, I think many people today have been trapped in the mindset that our mistakes can cancel our potential. We've been tricked, haven't we, into believing that the issues and problems and poor choices have somehow disqualified us. You know, Wayne, so many people that I talk to have this idea that because of where they were born, because of how they've lived, because of addictions in the past, because of mistakes, that somehow they can stand on the sideline and watch others be used to God. But it's too late for them. It's too late for them. But that is absolutely not the case. And this passage, this message, wow, dives straight into that topic. Looking forward to it. The passage Mark mentioned is Judges chapter 11. So let's join Mark for today's message. God is bigger than your baggage. You may not have that much knowledge about who Jephthah is because he doesn't rank among those like Moses and Abraham and Elijah or Isaac. He's a little bit less of a known character, but yet he has a very powerful story. In fact, he's included in Hebrews chapter 11 that's known as the Faith Hall of Fame. And I'll begin reading in verse 1 of Judges chapter 11. It says, Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also bore him sons, and when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You are not going to get any inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob where a group of adventurers gathered around him and followed him. This is only three verses, but it summarizes the story, the beginning days of this man named Jephthah. Now, all of us have a story, and all of us have baggage, and all of us have issues. I've I've told you that often, so hopefully you already know that. And Jephthah grew up with some major issues. I mean, the Bible just gives us the facts without going into the emotional, social, and economic damage that this story had done to him. But let me just kind of read between the lines. Let's just imagine that Jephthah was sitting in a therapy group today. And let's imagine what he would say. So Jephthah, tell us your story. Well, hi, my name is Jephthah. And I have some issues that I've been struggling with. Well, what's your story, Jephthah? Well, you see, I was born as an accident. My father was a military man, respected many men under his command, but he had a dark side to his life as well. He had a wild side to his life. And he went into this woman that he didn't know, 
had sex with her, thought he would never see her again, and then a few months later, that woman went to him and said, hey, I have your child, I'm pregnant with your child. That was my mother, a prostitute. She made her living out of selling her body for sex. When I was born, my father acknowledged that I was there, Jephthah would say, but Really, I, I was the son of that woman, that other woman, that prostitute. I was an accident. I was the result of a one-night fling. I was, I was the son of that woman. Now, the problem with Gilead is that Gilead had a wife and had other children. And when the other children began to grow up, uh, every time Jephthah would go to a family party, every time he was at a birthday party, every time he went there for the holidays, they would sort of clang together a little bit, make fun, call him names. You're the son of that other woman. Why are you here? You don't belong here. You shouldn't be around here. You're not one of us. And although Jephthah tried to fit into his family and although he tried to uh, make his way and take on their family name and although he act like it didn't hurt him, deep inside Jephthah was very wounded. And um, it says that one day came where the sons, when they were grown up, they said to him, you're not going to get any of our inheritance in your family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. You're not one of us, and you're not going to get any of the inheritance of our father, because although our father is the same as yours, you're the product of an accident, of an affair, of a one-night fling. You don't have any inheritance with us. You're not going to get any of dad's money. Get out of here. We don't want to see you. The Bible says that Jephthah fled. He ran. He ran away. He ran to a, a, a land by the name of Tob. He, what was he running from? He was running from his pain. He was running from shame. He was running from rejection. He was running from a family that did not want him, a mother that shamed him, a father that rejected him, and brothers that isolated him. You see, he had a story, a pretty significant, deep story. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to jot this down. God is bigger than our baggage, and your wounded background does not prevent God from working powerfully in your life. But oftentimes, point number one, feelings of rejection and shame will drive us to run from the source of pain and stumble into the company of people like us. You see, what happens with many of us when we have experienced a lot of pain as a child, when we have uh, issues in our life that are very full of rejection or full of shame, they create pain in our lives. And most of us run from pain. When we get old enough to be able to run, we run. And typically, when we're running from something, listen, listen to me well, when you are running from something, you typically stumble into something else. Faith tells us to run towards something. Fear and pain tells us to run from something. For example, there's a lot of young ladies that are running from the pain and rejection or shame in their family, 
and they stumble into bad relationships because they're running like this and stumble into a relationship. They're not walking into a healthy relationship. They're running from the pain of something else. Are you tracking with me? Anytime that you are running from something and you're looking back at the pain that you're running from, you're not really clear what you're running towards. And so therefore, you'll stumble into something. Oftentimes, you'll stumble into something worse than what you're running from. How many young ladies have I talked to that were running from a household that was a mess and there was fighting and chaos and abusive father and they run looking back like, just get me out of that household. I just want it far away from that household as I can. And boom, they're in a relationship and they stumble into a relationship that's abusive and worse than what they came from. You see, faith takes us to something. Fear drives us from something. And typically what happens is when we're running from pain and rejection and shame, we end up with people that are just like us, uh, people that come from the same background, people that can relate to us, people that accept us. It says, and Jephthah fled from his brothers, and he settled in the land of Tob. Now, if you know anything about the land of Tob, it's like a no man's land. It's a desert. It's a lawless land which pretty much bandits and uh, coyotes live. It wasn't the place where you would settle in. It was sort of this crazy no man's land full of only the tough people survived in that land. And it says, where a group of adventurers gathered around him and followed him. Now that word group of adventurers is not a very good translation. It makes it sound like he, you know, he was snowboarding with a bunch of people that liked extreme sports. Like, hey, he gathered with a bunch of rock climbers or guys that really like to do flips on their skis. That's not what it's talking about here. When it says a group of, of adventures, other translations say outcasts. Uh, these, these were people that were almost like, remember when David created his army? These were people that were running from society. These were people that also had a lot of pain, a lot of issues. These were people that didn't want their background screened. Uh, these were people that were running from the law. These were people that owed debts. These were people that wanted to get away from their past. These were people who went by their nicknames, not their full names. These were people who didn't give their social security numbers out. These were people who all had major issues in their life that had driven them there. And so all these people with a lot of issues have come together, gathered together, because that's kind of how it works, isn't it? When you have pain in your life and you're angry, guess what? You like to be around other angry people. When you got an addiction, who do you want to hang out with? The person that's not an addict and telling you, hey, why are you doing that? No, you want to hang out with addicts. When you want to get buzzed, you don't want to hang out with people that are just standing there. You want to be and drink in a Diet Coke. You want to hang out with people that are going to get buzzed too. When you're mad at the world, you want to get around other people that are mad at the world. Right? When you're disgruntled, listen, doesn't it always work this way? If you're disgruntled at your job, guess who you want to hang out with? You want to hang out with other people that are disgruntled at your job too. You maybe never talked to them before, but now that you're disgruntled, man, you have a bonding there. 
Why are you so connected now? Because we're all mad at our job. And at lunch times, you all gather together around, hey, guess what this boss did to us this time? Did you hear about that? Man, I can't believe that. And suddenly, you're all disgruntled. What do you have in common? You have in common that you're feeling the same way. That's the way it works. We, we run from pain and shame and rejection and ultimately, we end up with people that are feeling the same way we're feeling, and that's why you wonder, you're looking at your 23-year-old son, and you're saying, how come you're hanging out with those kids? Where did you find these people? And oftentimes, hello, listen to me, oftentimes, whatever they're feeling inside, they are finding other people that are feeling the same way and they're hanging out with people that are feeling the same way that they are feeling and so they connect together. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and we'll continue today's message in just a minute. But Mark, let's, uh, let's talk about the Bold Stepper Weekly for just a moment. The Bold Stepper Weekly comes out every Monday morning, so we got it this morning. Those mm-hmm. of us who have signed up for it got it this morning, but it's available to everybody. Yeah. In fact, I was just in Spain last week, and there popped up the Bold Stepper Weekly. <laughs> it, it was followed actually, you all the way over there? <laughs> it was actually 12 noon. It comes out at about 5 o'clock in the morning, okay. but... And this is our way of staying in touch with you, devotional thoughts, ministry updates. Uh, This past Bold Stepper, we talk about just the fact that our students right now are on winter break. Mm -hmm. We will be starting, they'll take a little bit of break. We'll start in January again with a new batch of incoming students mid-year, but also just this is a phenomenal place where students from really all over the world come and study here in the heart of Chicago or Spokane Aviation or Plymouth. And we want you to be aware of that. We really need those of you that have a heart for this to pray for the preparation of our students as they get ready to be used of God. Well, one thing that happens with the Bold Stepper Weekly is it gives us a glimpse into your heart as president of Moody Bible Institute and your devotional heart as well because you bring a a biblical thought to us each Monday morning. So if you've not signed up yet, what's holding you back? Go to boldstepsradio.org and sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. There's no charge, no obligation. Believe me, we just want you to get this from Mark every Monday morning. And while you're there, check out our Bold Step gift, which you'll hear more about later in today's program. Thank you, Mark. Let's get back to your message now. God is bigger than your baggage. Sociologists have tried to find out the root elements that cause gangs to thrive in cities like Chicago. And they wonder, okay, what is the what are the social economic forces that cause gangs to to thrive and grow? And what would cause someone to stand on a corner, crossed arms, flashing gang signs, and get shot at for a piece of real estate that they don't own, right? You're asking, well, what what drives people to do that? And why, after they're 20 years old, aren't they, like, going on to get a job and something else? And why are 45-year-old guys still hanging out in the corner doing the same thing, getting shot at, and never growing up? And they wonder why. And listen, the bottom line is this. The bottom line is if I'm angry, if I'm hurt, if I feel like the world has done me wrong, if I feel like I've been rejected and injustice is done against me, 
If I feel like society has let me down, if I feel like I have no place that I can really call home and no one that's watching my back and no one that really accepts me, then I'll end up finding people that feel the same way and I will end up hanging out with them and if we're all mad together and all angry together and all feel connected together and call each other bro and buddies and homies and hang around and I feel like I have a family now, that is the sociological element that drives people into that, that sense of I'm hanging out with people that are the same as I am, and I'm accepted by them, and, 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 and I'm affirmed by them, and so they become my pseudo-family. Because no one in that group is telling me, hey, when are you going to get a job? When are you going to go back to school? I'm like, hey, bro, you're with us. And all of us have something inside that wants us to belong. There's not a person here, no matter how antisocial you may seem to be on the outside, there's not a person in this auditorium that doesn't have a deep desire to belong. You want to belong. You want to feel like I'm a part of something. You want to feel like I have a family. I have friends. I'm a part of something. All of us want to be a part of something. All of us do. And listen, if we can't find it in one place, we'll find it in cheap substitutes in some other place. And that's exactly what happened to Jephthah. So now he runs from his family because in his family he's not feeling it. Listen, I want you to hear me well, by the way. Your relationship with your parents and your relationship with your father or your mother Although some of you are grown adults and you may act like that was part of my past, it hasn't affected me, I brushed it under the rug, just because you have, don't talk about it a lot, just because you have sort of grown, you, you've grown up over it now, it doesn't mean that it hasn't severely affected your life. They did a study of teenage prostitutes in Los Angeles to try to figure out what do teenage girl prostitutes in Los Angeles have in common? What is the common denominator in their life? And it wasn't social economic because you have girls that are coming from very wealthy suburban houses and then inner city as well. And it wasn't ethnicity because there's black and white and Hispanic and Asian uh, there. But the one common denominator they found of teenage prostitutes in Los Angeles, the one common denominator there was they had a lousy relationship with their father. A lousy relationship with their father was the one common denominator. And because they had a lousy, shame-filled, rejection-filled, disjointed Um, separated relationship with their father, it had created this incredible uh, trauma to their identity and led them to just have no boundaries in their life and really run from their pain and run from their shame and they run to the street. And even if a pimp out there is saying, hey, guess what? I'll watch over you. I'll give you a place. I'll take care of you. A young teenager will run from the pain and rejection of a father to the arms of some pimp that's just using her and making a business off of her because she's running from pain. Are you tracking with me this morning? It's huge. Jephthah had all of that. And oftentimes in guys, when there's rejection and shame in our family, guys, what they do is they just get tougher. 
No one's going to hurt me. No one's going to do it. I'm tough. And Jephthah had become, basically, he had become a thug, leading a band of bandits out in the middle of the desert, and they lived off of raiding people, basically raiding other uh, groups, villages, and plundering um, the countryside with his band. The beautiful thing about this is that I love that God is, hey, God is bigger than our past. And second, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What you are learning in the valley of pain, God can redeem for his future purposes because God is bigger. Hey, God is bigger than your pain. So Jephthah's out there, mad at the world. He's left his family behind. He's left that past behind. He feels like he has no place in regular settled society. He's angry and bitter inside, full of rage at the rejection of his parents. Feels like I don't have a family. I've carved out my own life. He's out there living his life, and little does he know, hello, little does he know that in the middle of his journey of pain, God is actually doing something that God is actually preparing him for his destiny, that God has not abandoned him, that God has not forgotten about him, that some of the skills that he's picking up even in his valley of pain, God is going to redeem for his purposes. Listen to what it says. Sometime, verse 4, sometime later when the Ammonites made war on Israel... The elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Come, they said, be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. Jephthah said to them, didn't you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? You notice a little bitterness there, of course. You notice a little sarcasm there. It had to be a surprise that one day, while Jephthah's out with his boys out in the desert planning their next raid, he sees a group of people coming. They prepare because they think it's the enemy. And when they get close, they realize some familiar faces. These are some of the leaders of Israel, some of his father's friends. And they come to him and they say, Jephthah, we have a request for you. Yeah, what do you want from me? Hey, we are being attacked by the Ammonites. We're wondering, hey, we're just wondering if you'd be willing to lead our army and resistance against the Ammonites. His jaw must have dropped. There must have been an expression of astonishment on his face as he thought, hey, hold on a second. Aren't you the people that drove me away from my household and now you're coming to ask me for help? Well, even while Jephthah was raiding the countryside, God was preparing him for his destiny. God can use anyone for his purposes, and we'll hear the powerful conclusion of this message when we return for tomorrow's program. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job in the first part of a lesson titled, God is Bigger Than Your Baggage. But before we end today, we want to encourage you to visit our website at boldstepsradio.org and request your copy of this month's unique Bold Step gift. This is a special resource for the Christmas season, and Mark is here to tell us more about it. Christmas is coming, 
And for many of us, there is still a lot to get done before that big day. But in all the hustle and bustle of our holiday preparation, sometimes one thing we don't prepare is our heart. And that's why we want to get this Bold Steps gift into your hand right away. It's a timely book titled, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. In this special devotional, you'll be encouraged to make the most of this Advent season with prayers and reflection for each day. You'll also find creative suggestions for activities, service projects, making this an excellent resource for the whole family. So whether you're looking to start a new tradition or just another way to spend quality time with Christ, this is one devotional you'll want to use time and time again. Don't wait. Reach out and request this Bold Step gift today. Again, it's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, and we'll send you a copy right away when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Make that donation today by going to boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift along with a request for unwrapping the names of Jesus through the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And as we reach the end of today's program, let me remind you that you can always find these daily lessons and catch up on anything you've missed by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast. Open up your favorite podcast app on your phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job and click subscribe. I'm Wayne Shepherd. That's our time. Make plans to join us again tomorrow, though, for part two of today's redemptive message, God is Bigger Than Your Baggage. That's coming up on the Tuesday edition of Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.